0: Views and opinions expressed by the host do not necessarily state or reflect those of the company and its management. Furthermore, the views and opinions of the guests do not reflect those
1: of the hosts, the show, the management, and the network. Boy, boy, brother.
0: Hello.
2: Hey, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. Today, we're going to do a special episode on the video that's circulating right now with Tony Moran. We have our guest correspondent Anthony Farber from Anthony T's Horror Show joining us. How's everybody doing today with this gorgeous, windy day?
1: Doing fantastic. You see how I come in there? That's that I just created great, great mystique that came by, popped know. in. I popped in at the perfect time. I know I'm doing well. Mr. Thurb over there. How you doing over there?
0: Very well. Actually, it's Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show.
2: Oh, that's right. I forgot that you added the wrestling. I'm sorry, my friends.
1: You know, that No problem. Third, that's good stuff. I was glad to see the, the third man add some wrestling to it. I uh, enjoy some wrestling myself. You know what I mean?
2: And it seems to be like there's a lot of people that... You know, if you like horror, you're into wrestling and vice versa. So it's it's a perfect (laughs) mashup of two things.
1: I agree. The crossover runs deep. Yes. It is funny. Just about everybody, you know, for the most part, everybody that I know that kind of got into wrestling was was horror fans as well and vice versa, you know what I
2: mean? Yeah, I've dabbled with wrestling off and on since I was a kid because my mom and dad used to watch it all the time. And then,
1: I, yeah, I appreciate like, it more oh, well. as a kid. Yeah, it know. was
2: good then. Now it's kind of now it's all like soap
1: opera ish. Well, we don't want to we don't want to piss on Thurbs' business. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay I, because I, WWE I, feels
0: I, like soap opera-ish.
2: No, hey, it, is. Like, it is. It, it is for yeah,
1: sure. Is. That's, that's why I don't watch it. <laughs> I that's seen what a, kills me. I seen a clip of Vin, Vinny Mac recently crying uh, from some documentary or something where. Um, he was talking about, like, the Attitude Era being, like, the greatest era wrestling ever had, and he got, like, emotional. Did Does that ring a bell for you, Tone? Do you know what that was a part of? I think it might have been the Undertaker series. And uh, Stone Cold just hit, like, A&E or something like that. Some big channel just did, like, a weird Stone Cold, like, documentary, I seen. Did you catch that?
0: No, I haven't seen that one yet.
1: You know what I'm talking about, though?
0: Yeah, I heard they were doing some documentary stuff on A&E.
1: I was surprised to see uh, now does WWF air on A and E now? Is that where Raw right No, now are? no. Are they still Raw is on
0: USA? And let me attest to WWE Raw. Do not watch WWE Raw. It's just so horrible. It's like eating raw is chicken. SmackDown again. still a thing? Yeah. SmackDown's
1: 25. on Fox now. Raw is war. You know
0: what I mean? I wish it was back to the Roarous Award days. I, I'm
1: with you on that. That, that was our that, Mad Mel. It was more like an 80s into the 90s. Like I'd say, from as a young child, from my early is my earliest ages of, of I can think of, like really young. Like watching. I,
2: I literally stopped watching wrestling after there was no more the Rock and Stone Cold.
1: I had a dip. Like yeah, when, I had a moment.
2: Like I think in like so that's like what we're going, I'm going back to like 2000s ish. Is like that when was, the yeah, the time late, I night, watched late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, like when, like, Scotty Too Hotty and them were, like, a Rest thing, in like, peace. Yeah, that's when I used, that was the time of oh. I watched it.
1: Grandmaster Sexay is rest in peace, actually. I think Scotty Too Hotty's still with us. I think he retired and does, like, a normal job now or something like this.
2: Yeah, but a lot you, of
1: them do. I dipped out. You kind of have to. It's a weird business where, like, when you're in it and you're, like, you know, it's nice and you're doing the deal and getting nice paychecks. But when, like, you're not, when you're open, an open uh, client or whatever it is, there, you know what I mean? You're kind of looking for a federation to grab you up. I'm sure it's tough times uh, at that point. You know,
0: there's like 10 million federations now. We'd Yeah,
1: but not, like, there's Unlike, not really the, one big one.
0: Actually there's two big ones. There's
1: two ones. There's Jericho's too, right?
0: Oh no, All Elite Wrestling, which is the cool
1: show. I've heard Elite that.
2: Wrestling, that's the Tommy Dreamer thing, right?
1: No. All Elite House wrestling... of Hardcore.
2: No, but I thought I thought that was part of Elite.
1: No. No. Maybe rights I... for him or something.
0: All Elite Wrestling is owned by Tony Khan.
1: Not Tony ferber No. That's unfortunate <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> Like I said, the 80s and 90s, like uh, the Hulk Hogan and Macho Man era all the way into... Ultimate you
2: know, Warrior. Yeah, Ultimate 90s. Warrior, all the way
1: in the Bret Hart, Diesel, Shawn Michaels, like that era. Yep. Um, like the opening era, I kind of dipped off a little around that. And then I came back in with the Attitude Era with DX and Stone Cold. And then I dipped out a couple years after that. But uh, those, I think those are the two gl- glory eras for me are probably that... Early, you know, early to mid 80s into the early to mid 90s, and then that attitude era. Um, bada boom, bada bing.
2: Yeah, like when that, well, is that, because that's kind of pretty much like the period where Undertaker came back and like that whole American badass.
1: I don't know if I was a big fan of opposed- that.
2: As opposed to the uh, Undertaker, where he used to come out with uh, the other guy and in the co- and he'd be in like, a coffin or something. Well, yeah,
1: when, once once he won American Badass gimmick, I don't think he ever could have came back. You know, it was like he did, but I don't I don't know. I it just to it wasn't the same the
2: popularity that he had before.
1: It's kind of like um, you know, to create to, to a horror situation like uh, you know, like one of the iconic, like a Kane hotter or something coming. Yeah. You know, coming out of character, you know, he does come out of character. Kane Hodder is a, a bad, a bad example. Um, wrestlers live the gimmick, so it's. It's. I'm trying to think of, trying to think of somebody that we could relate it to, but we could do Tony Moran because he's living in the Attitude Era right now. Right. Uh, that's our theme yeah. for the big episode. You know, th- this whole this whole episode was brought to us by uh, Johnson and Johnson vaccine shots <laughs> and. Uh, and yeah. our good pal Anthony the Thurb you know we seen Anthony the Thurb release a, a youtube video called uh, Tony Moran unmasked this came out like i did
0: uh, not release the video huh i did he, not release the video well, he did
1: not release it yeah it was uh, he posted the video so yeah whoever released, i posted yeah, he the video shared. he shared the virus he shared the video with the world um i think it's been out for a week now it's up over like 13,000 views um, yeah, it was the first I heard of it. It was very interesting. We figured we should tap into it because we are a horror uh, culture show. Why not get some current events going? you know what I mean yeah, but um, so yeah, we watched we all watched this video and it's it's an interesting interesting video for sure. I think it has its ups and downs. I think there's a lot you could, there's there's different sides you can argue with it um but real quickly before we pop off, uh, anybody here have any personal experiences with Tony Moran where they've met him? Over oh, real quick. Let's just for enough for anybody out there listening who doesn't know who Tony Moran is. Tony Moran is the gentleman who played uh, Michael Myers in the first Halloween film, John Carpenter's uh, classic.
0: He's, He's the guy that was unmasked.
1: He's the guy who was unmasked, like like the YouTube channel, and. Uh, I know is what's weird is he, you know he very he takes that claim of Michael Myers, but I will say that I think everybody uh, Nick Castle, you know, Tommy Lee Wallace, John Carpenter himself, they all donned that mask at different parts of the movie if I remember correctly and um, for whatever reason they needed they needed either an a, an official actor for SAG reasons or they just needed somebody that wasn't a part of the crew to be the actual face for whatever reason. I said, th- I believe they just brought him in for one day and he did that scene. And that was that, I think that's his, like, the, I, I'm not fully educated on the situation, but I believe that is kind of his history with the film. Um, But uh, you know, he, he's he gone, you know, he was another one of those actors that you know, disappeared for a long time. And then popped up, you know, recently not not realizing people appreciated the film type situation. Now he's doing conventions and all that stuff. Brother of Aaron Moran uh, from Happy Days. Rest in peace. You know what I mean? We'll get a little bit into that a little later. That plays a part in this. This Maybe one of the most interesting parts of this video is the, the, the Aaron Moran stuff. Yeah. But uh, you guys have any actual, like, you guys meet Tony in real life? Anybody here? I
0: met him at the first Scarecon.
1: Yeah, how'd that go in
0: Springfield? Eh, it was okay. Why it was nothing special.
1: Did he not give you a massage, a masseuse? No, a masseuse jump? No. Well, how, how did it go? How did it go about? Why, why was it? What made it in a fan's not eyes? Laughter. In a yeah, in a fan's eyes, what made it not as good as it could have been?
0: I just don't think he was
1: personable. That's okay. why. Cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mad Mel, you met him, right?
2: I did As at well? the same convention, actually. And uh. my experience was completely different. Yes. Um, very talkative. Very polite. Um, We actually ended up having a drink. Or, you know, I was drinking. He was drinking soda. But, like, we... So we had a drink together, you know, later on that evening in the mm-hmm. hotel at the, the little, you know, bar restaurant thing that's in there. Yeah. And, you know, that's how I met him. And like, we had a great conversation because we were all, he had come outside with me and someone else. We were going out to have a cigarette and, you know, he came out so that we could all finish the conversation that we were having. I, you know, I thought that he was really cool and, you know, he was super polite and, he's actually one of the few people that I actually wanted to meet just because of the fact that, you know, he's not really known from many other roles that are as prominent as he is known for being Michael Myers shape in the original Halloween. Yeah.
1: For sure. So for sure. You know what I mean? Um, I'm with it. I'm with it. I was just going to say something and I forgot it, but, um, Yeah, Tony Moran, you know. Um, I have a, uh, my story with Tony Moran is, um, I worked on a film called Beg, um, directed by Kevin MacDonald. And um, he was in that, I didn't get a chance to work with him directly. But uh, there was like this little promotional thing they did after the thing to promote the movie. It was a Barrett's Haunted House, I think it is, in Weymouth like a kind of famous little local hotspot for, uh, you know, around the October time. And they did a uh, promotional thing there where he was signing autographs and promoting the film a little bit. We went to that and got a picture and an autograph for free and all that stuff, which was cool. And when I met him, he was a good guy. I I couldn't, you know, I had no complaints with him. Um, That's what it was. The thing I was going to say was uh, I'm very – I was surprised to hear you say the thing about him drinking the soda because I – I think I had, I was getting a vibe like him drinking not soda, but other things was kind of uh, a little bit of the fuel to some of uh, the footage in this documentary. That's what I, you know what I mean? So I was, it's interesting that he was a, a partaking in beverages. Um, but yeah. Yeah. When I met him, he seemed cool. You know what I mean? He seemed like a good guy and uh, he was very friendly. Like I said, I got, uh, I got, I got, I got a nice free picture and autograph. Uh, so, I can't be offended by the things he said i'm I can't lump myself in tone you had to pay for that autograph yes, yeah, and i I understand your pain now, homie, because I think a lot of the pain that comes with this is the fact that uh People like the tone man who might've paid for an autograph that had a not so pleasant experience. And then you see a dude be like, yo fuck people that pay me for autographs. I think it gets very uh, under their skin very easily. Mel you pay though. Did you pay?
2: I actually didn't even get it. Um, oh, because I, I wasn't there for long. Mm-hmm. I was only there for the one. I was only there for the one day. So right. um, I, I like to usually wait until like the end of the weekend before yeah. I get all my autographs just so that I can see everything, meet everyone that I want to meet. And then I kind of hold off spending too much money. I tried to anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hate, yeah. <laughs> Until like
2: Saturday afternoon, Sunday day, and then I buy everything I want to get. But I ended up having to leave, so I never got his autograph.
1: Yeah. every yeah, Everybody has their, their convention rituals. Yeah. I, always, I like to go take a scan, scan the old the old uh, shops and see, and then kind of backtrack and see, you know, make sure I don't make sure that in the first aisle I don't spend all my money on,
2: on things, and then get to the I've second aisle
1: had... but, and have the same stuff for half the money, or uh, have something I've always wanted since I was in, in the womb. And yeah, like, to, like seriously, like it.
2: like Friday, the first Friday of the of the convention, that's usually like you walk through and you scan everything just to see what's where. Yeah. And then, like Saturday, you know, like depending on if I'm there as an actual, just a, an actual guest to a convention, or, you know, working the convention right. or panel wise. But you know, I like to be able to make sure, see what's who, who's where, what's where, and, on the first day, and then the second day, I kind of go and talk to you know just depending on the situation, you're talking to people that you haven't seen in a while, or you're trying to get into conversations with people you haven't met before. Right. So that's kind of, that was my thing with that year of ScareCon because I was there with the, with the Scream Sisters. So I didn't really have, and I was only there for one day. So I didn't really have the time in, to really. I,
1: you know, rest in peace. I heard it's now the Scream Sister. Rest in peace.
2: Right. I, that's what I believe too, but you never know. You know, she's,
1: but yeah, the cons. I, if you if you if you're there on a Friday, you probably should grab it first. If you see something you like, you should probably grab it <laughs> because it could be gone. That's what I do on that second venture. I usually go on a Saturday or a Sunday where all like the really really good rare stuff that was just there for the con has been picked over for the most part. Um, but. Yeah, so when I'm there, I'm just kind of looking for rare gems almost that I would like that nobody else would like. So, like, I see it and I go, oh, okay, make note, tally up the price in my head, and then get to the end of the everything and tally up the damage and then set out and make uh, make those purchases. And if and if they're not there when I get there, then by the grace of good, it wasn't meant for me to have them. Right, Tone?
0: Yeah. I usually just... Grab them if I see something I want really bad on the first day. I just grab it right away. Because I've seen stuff that I want on the first day. Wait for it. Then it's gone.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of the good stuff goes quick.
0: I've learned my lesson after like two or three cons to grab everything that you want up
1: until up until
0: the
2: last up until the last few years like when i first started going to conventions none of it was like a weekend thing it was just a one day thing for a few hours yeah you know due to the person that i was going with so it's not it wasn't the same vibe then as it is now whereas i can like go for the whole weekend enjoy my weekend and do what i want to do and get what i want to get and not have to worry about Somebody else being like, Well, why are you buying that? You don't need that. Do you really need that? Do you really want that? No, I really want it. That's why I'm freaking buying it.
0: I'm <laughs> sure. always crashing the vinegar syndrome table if they're there.
1: Of course. You know. Vinegar syndrome. We've seen that whole company kinda of blow up into like what it is. I remember them back in the day being small, small wouldn't call them small potatoes, but being a smaller indie company and They've definitely...
0: With only adult films.
1: There you go. That's how Anthony knows them mostly for their adult films. Actually,
0: day. no. I found out Vinegar Syndrome because they were doing trauma releases.
1: They Oh, what, the, the, like the sex comedy promo? No, one?
0: like Graduation Day, ah, Lust okay. for Freedom, those films, Sugar Cookies.
1: Sugar Cookies, yeah. in Graduation Day is just a film they were lucky enough to acquire. Sugar Cookies they acquired, but is it Oliver Stone directed that? Am I, are uh, you have involvement, or is that the John Adams? That's
2: Evans? actually one I'm not even familiar with.
0: Yes, Lynn Lowry and Mary Vohr... I'm going to pronounce this name wrong. Vohr... Wohr...
1: Well, uh, what was that an Oliver Stone?
0: No, not Warburton. Uh, War. War. War, War. She was. Dance. She was in Chopping mall, too, with Paul Bartel.
1: Oh, yeah. Tony Moran, that mean, Morin, girl, Tony Moran. Uh, no, no, not, not Eric Moran. T- no, 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 no. Kelly no. Moroney. Losing my fucking mind. Look at how much. No, I lost she was, my like, in this
0: that. scene with Paul Bartel in the beginning of the film. I'm with you. I just name just last name is so hard to pronounce.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm with you. That's not. That's not. Do, he did Roger Corman injustice. films too. Let's not do it the injustice and move on. You know. <laughs> we can't. We don't want to kill her. If we were to go and destroy her name on this show, and she found out about it, she could commit suicide, being that upset over that move like that. We don't want do like to. Sorry. Didn't,
2: I didn't even <laughs> get killed in the movie, and you guys killed my name, and now you killed I me. Believe, and you I did it.
1: I believe Oliver Stone directed that film or had some involvement. There's a couple of those early trauma films, because um, I think Lloyd went to school with uh, Oliver Stone and John G. Avildsen, the dude who did Rocky. So, like, there's a, a couple of those earlier films uh, of their those dudes' careers. Uh, at least one I think, are owned by Trauma. And they are they, the beauty of you know, there's a lot of first time film uh, films from filmmakers they have that they've acquired. Throughout the time, then, there aren't exactly trauma movies, but trauma is distributed them. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I'm speak- just checking the cast to see if Oliver Stone had any involvement. I know he did not direct the film.
1: He didn't. He maybe he was an associate
0: producer in the film. All
1: right, I, I knew his name was on there somewhere. Oliver Stone, a dude who doesn't get the respect he deserves <laughs> to get, much like Lloyd. But let's go into a man of ultimate respect and he gets an episode. Tony Moran, our girl Tony Moran. <laughs> um, kicking it off. See, I think the Tony's issue... See, Like I said, when I met him, he was a cool guy, but I think within this video, I think he, he he's trying very hard to be, like, the bad boy of, like, horror celebrities in a way, you know what I mean? Like, he's trying to be... I don't know, like a... I don't know, punk, like a punk rock uh, horror, horror celeb, if you will, I don't know. I think
2: I whereas i I see it watching yeah. that same footage as you know this guy's just being himself right he, he's being animated and I think he's trying to make it more interesting but you know it's it's like it's like talking to me yeah <laughs> like that's how i i'm gonna I'm gonna compare this it's like talking to me if you know me you know that yeah I tell the truth but I don't mean any ill intent by it mmm if you know me, but right. if you don't know me, you're gonna think I'm an asshole, right, and I think that's the same situation we have here
1: well he yeah uh, Tony even says he's an asshole like throughout numerous parts of this doc docu thing I guess we'll call it a documentary is um he he says he's an asshole, that's why I gather that he's just kind of like like a bad boy of horror type deal'cause he you know, and he says some shocking things, of course, you know what I mean yeah you know. The whole thing was saying the movie's garbage and stuff. That's kind of a common thing. You can't hold that against him because that's kind of a common thing. And it's more something I feel he's just saying a lot. You know, I feel like a lot of the only
2: one like Jennifer Aniston hates the fact that she did Leprechaun.
1: A lot of people. I think he. I think he. He's getting demonized for saying things that a lot of people behind the scenes think but don't quite say when it comes to things like. You know, like a lot of these people of co- when they did these horror movies, yeah, they thought they were like cheese, you know, just movies, you know, okay, I'll just make some quick money like while they hope while they hope out for fucking their citizen Kane, like you know what i mean they they didn't really it wasn't in their their hopes and dreams to be known for these horror movies that they're known for. So I think a lot of them really kind of approach those films like, oh, this is just a fucking. I'm gonna get paid and get a credit. Like fucking, maybe I'll meet somebody cool on this that'll get me a better job somewhere else. I yeah. think they all have that thing. But then the horror fan aspect of it, um, he was a little hard on the horror fan. So I do think it's part of that that just trying to be like a bad boy type deal, you know? Like, yeah, like term. we're wrestling. You have you have like your heels. Heel. Exactly. You have your heels in wrestling. He's so-
2: playing heel exactly. You know, so you can't fault the guy, he's an actor. He's gonna keep his name relevant any way he sees fit. And if that's the way he wants to do it, that's the way he's gonna do it. You can't take that away from him. This is you know, you're supposed to be able to say what you want, freedom of speech and all that. I mean granted, we don't have rights anymore, but that's
1: he's, another that's another show. He's very uh he's very Buddy Budafoco. Him and Buddy Budafoco should do a film. You know, that that was what I gather. Um but the fact, you know, you know, and his whole take was he's a, you know, his sister being Aaron Moran, you know, for anybody out there, she was on uh, Happy Days, one of the biggest shows of all time. So, like, he's on that show. I don't really, I honestly don't know what he did before. Uh, I don't know his acting. I know he's done, he actually did a couple films with a filmmaker in Massachusetts that i seen that was pretty good. But, like, I don't know his, like, filmography, you know what I mean? But I yeah. assume, uh, I assume he's a dude that probably hung out with Aaron on the set a few times. Um, and, you know, of course, the, pr- that production is going to be a little more high class upper brow than going out to make a low budget horror movie. So from that standpoint, I could definitely also see the almost um, snobby. It's almost like a film snob, um, very California, you know, type vibe. I feel where, you know, he feels like, Oh yeah, he's used to good, bigger things like happy day set. So he's like, just little horror movies, like what? Um, So I think he looks down on it for that. Um, I also think there's a little weird thing, as much as he says that, you know, he he doesn't appreciate it and all that, and that, you know, he's been offered, you know, to to come back and play it again and turned it down, even though there's like, within that documentary thing, there's, you know, of course it goes into both him saying he, he would do it and he wouldn't. So there's like, the yin and the yang there, you don't know, you know what I mean? And, um, but I think that there's probably a little, a little bad vibe that he has towards the film because he didn't come back, you know, and I'm sure if Carpenter gave him the tap and said, I want to bring you back for part two, I think you would, but I think he was just realistically a day player in in a time. And he was in TV. I think, you know, in the t- an actor in the TV world, you could do, f- you could do four shows a week. You just show up and just, you know, you don't. it's just a job. It's almost like background, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, it's one of those deals. It's not a big deal to him type shit. But, um, yeah, I think that... Uh, and then the fact of the movie blowing up, because we all know how huge Halloween is. It's gigantic. He probably looks at... He probably looks at how... He probably thinks he should have a career like uh, Robert Englund maybe like a Brad Dourif, um, you know, these people that kind of had their success, like extreme success in horror at the heights of, in, in the world of horror, you can't really get bigger. You know what I mean? They've had that, but they've also been lucky enough to branch out into other realms of acting and they're, they're looked at as respect, you know, respected actors that are, you know, super talented.
2: But you got to take into consideration too. That's kind of a downfall of, you know, Playing a character that has no lines You don't, you know, you just need Somebody that's the same build, you don't need to You know yeah. you, can, you can just go outside and, you know Pull any average Joe off the street and be like Hey, we need you to wear this mask for a couple hours And we'll throw you a hundred bucks Even, Whereas, you you like with it. Robert you, like Comparing him to Robert England In the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, that's like Apples and oranges. You can't,
1: you can't I mean, in his yeah. mind he probably thinks In his mind he might think that you can compare it, But realistically he can't, I mean his, when you watch it at his moment in Harlo, Halloween, dude, it's like he he pulls off the mask, he makes a face like, what am I doing here? And then that's that. Like, that's this. Robert England, you know, brings all the character to it and all that, and he's played it in every role. So, yeah, you can't compare it to that, but I feel like maybe he felt like that opportunity should have been there, maybe. Like, maybe he should have been Michael Myers for every film. Now, I know he speaks against that, but it's quite possible that in his heart of hearts, uh, he would like to have been that dude known for Michael Myers. And even if not known for Michael Myers out of respect to the character, financially known as the dude as Michael Myers. What do you think of that, Tony?
0: Well, he, he only appeared in the film for like, what, 10 seconds? Yeah. 10, 15 seconds? And he's making a living on the convention circuit because the that was an iconic moment in the film.
1: Yeah,
0: he should be thankful that fans are paying for his autograph.
1: I I also
0: seriously, I've seen back like maybe like five six years ago, I was seeing like every zombie extra from Dawn of the Dead on the convention circuit. It's like what
1: the in all fairness though I don't think Tony Moran makes a living off of the convention circuit. Tony Moran probably makes a living off of like Home Depot and then does convention circuits you know during during the weekends type deal. I think a lot of people doing this know i'm not I'm not bashing that that's respectable well I, I, don't know I give that. them a hard time for them doing cons as well as working the jobs that, like, we do. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a big yeah. thing, but I think, I don't at think... At the do... end of
2: the day, they're still normal people. Yeah, like, I don't,
1: yeah, I'm not giving hard people, times. Yes. But I don't think... I don't think... And I think that that's kind of the problem a little bit, too. I think fans kind of look at them in the way... They, they almost think that they're, they're rich off of these films, but they're struggling still. So, like, if there's a weird, weird yin and a yang where somebody might go, oh, dude, like, he wants you know, whatever for his autograph, like, how dare he, like, that's, a, that's just his signature. Meanwhile, that guy's like, you know, or girl or whatever, you know, is working at Walmart, you know, or doing whatever, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, they're going, hey, you know, this movie made so much money, I'm still kind of struggling, like, they're going to have a weird vibe from that, you know what I mean? It's just human nature. There's not, it's one of those weird things, you know, we've never really been a Live to that, so we do We can't. We can't really get into the vibe that you feel and think with that. But it's there. You know what I mean. And I so I can't. It's the same thing with I say you can't really, you know, fault uh, if you're at a convention and you're going to somebody's booth. You know, and you're in there in the eleventh hour. You know what I mean. And you're me, and they're kind of grumpy or whatever. Yeah, we're just really... gonna say that you don't.
2: You know, they're there for so many hours, and you know, there's times where. They're literally trying to battle through crowds just to get to the bathroom and not be stopped every, you know, two seconds to, you know, yeah, say yeah, hello or whatever.
1: They could, you know, you're, you're, you know, when you're at a, where you're at a convention, you've got to kind of pep, you got to could I put on a, put on a smile face, get out put there, on a happy
2: face and, you know, shake
1: hands, kiss babies and all that. And you do that. That's, you know, it's like performing for like 12 hours. You know, you add to the fact if you don't get to eat. You know what I mean? You're going to get cranky. You're
2: take into consideration. I mean, we, we, we go through those same feelings going to our normal, regular day jobs. You know, like, you know,
0: I don't know about out.
2: you, but like, I know if I'm going to work a 12 hour shift and it's like eight hours before I can have friggin' lunch, I'm going to start getting a little hangry too. You know, if I have to go to the bathroom and every time I, you know, get up to leave my desk, somebody else walks up and needs, you know, something done or something else needs to get done first. It's like, all right, my teeth are floating, but you know, all right, let me just sit here and make that phone call for you because your hands are broken type of deal. But you, you, you start getting aggravated. And I can see that aspect too. People have bad days. People have bad moments. Like if I believed everything that I see or hear, I wouldn't talk to anybody anymore.
1: You know, you got, yeah, you could, you can get off. You could, you could, you could be, somebody could have just got off the phone and found out, they could go the phone to the doctor, away, find, out they're, like, they find yeah. out they're dying. They could find out they're dying. They could find out one of their loved ones dying. You know what I mean? They could have they could have upset stomach from eating the wrong thing, and now they feel like garbage. You know what I mean? They could be going through some type of breakup. Um, so I'm not I'm not condoning anything. I just you know there's a yin and a yang that I've seen in recent years. That in earlier in my con-going years, I would go, "Why is this person being a dickhead? Like I'm paying them." Uh, I'm appreciative of what they've done. I'm here giving them praise, buying something from them. Why are they, why are they making this experience not what it could be? And then, at, you know, we've done conventions and stuff and you kind of get to see the other side of the world a little bit. And you're like, damn, like from the get go, it's shit. You gotta be, you got all these people approaching and, you know, you gotta have it. You gotta be cool. With, you know, not that you're not cool with them, but you gotta be in that zone and, they yeah, whether, they're, whether they're whether they're approaching different
2: depending the convention experience is different depending on which side of the table you're on you know having had a booth at a, at conventions you get to see you kind of get to see both sides like if we were there as guests cuz you get to see yes you know you, you have people that approach your table that are drunk out of their minds and being belligerent And you have to learn how to deal with that. Or, you know, so you kind of make, people make jokes about things. And, you know, a lot of the times we're good, we're freaking great with inappropriate humor. You know? So people, people just like to, people like to hear things the way they want to hear it. They want to perceive things the way they want to perceive it. Whether that's the case or not. Truth. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, a person could have had a great experience with Tony, and see, you know, like I have. I've, I didn't have an issue. I've, you know, I've seen him up in Salem at Count um, Count Orlock's and whatnot, and people love him.
1: Right.
2: You know, I've never heard any anybody's up until I, this video came out of you know thin air. I hadn't heard, never heard a bad word about Tony. It, you know, it, it's, uh, anything I've ever heard about him. It's always been positive.
0: Yeah, when my back to my experience with Tony, that's what I kind of thought when I met him. Maybe he's having a bad day or something.
2: Yeah. I mean, so in the case, like I mean, when I first met Tom Savini, you know, people were like, "He's an asshole. He's this. He's that. He doesn't give a shit about his fans. He's only doing it for the extra pocket change." Like I really highly doubt with Tom Savini's career that he's just doing it for extra pocket change. He's actually doing it because he really actually does like his fans. And, you know, just like everybody else.
0: You have, yeah, a bad
2: day, you have a I bad also
0: had that experience with Tom Savini the first time I had met him. But I realized it was like 11 o'clock at the beginning of the morning. So I yeah, didn't, are still didn't hold up. it you against him.
2: You. you haven't had your coffee. Cool. Because I know, I know with me, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee.
0: Then so, when okay. I had my photo op with him at the last ScareCon... I think it was the last ScareCon he was at. Yep. He was such a cool person yeah, we day. were I
2: mean, he's not, he's not a drinker, and I, didn't, and I didn't know that. And, you know, you know anybody that knows me knows that ScareCon, I was walking around with 10 packs of shots in my backpack and, you know, just randomly handing them out to people after, <laughs> I was done, after I was done doing what I needed to do for, you know, the convention and, like, whatnot, like, at the end of the night when we were all just unwinding from the day. Yeah. And I handed him a shot and he kind of laughed about it and I didn't, and I didn't think anything of it and I didn't realize he didn't drink. So I, uh, you know, he could have been like, he could have been a dick and been, in, and thrown it back at me and been like, hey, I don't drink. I don't want this shit, you know, but he took it and was nice about it. So whether he threw it away or not, whatever, like he was, he was courteous enough not to be a dick. And, you know, that, Says a lot when somebody has a reputation for tending to be a dick to their fans because it wasn't the case.
1: He took it and gave it to a lady.
2: He probably did. Like, I don't know. Um, I gave it, I handed him out and walked away because we were all sitting outside along that wall in front of the hotel.
1: That's the best thing to do with a drink. If you get a drink and you don't drink it, take it and give it to uh, somebody of the opposite sex to make their day better.
2: Right. Especially, you know what I mean? It's a good way to rewind at the end of the day after a convention. And like I said, I didn't know he didn't drink.
1: So. Tom's, Tom's a good man. I've met him on numerous occasions. Did you guys see the mural? I've seen recently in Pennsylvania, there was a big graffiti mural of uh, Savini. with Jason I saw bass.
2: that picture. That was That's a dope-ass mural. And whoever painted that is beyond talented.
1: I wonder if it's on the school. Because okay, the school's out in Pennsylvania.
2: It's a possibility. I, I,
1: another thing is like you know, that's the thing with this. Like Savini, may he, he you know, as a special effects artist, like you get paid per gig. You know what I mean? Like you get. It's not like the special effects artist has back end money coming in. You know, and it's not like it's not like Romero can be like, "Hey Tom, here's a million dollars for here's your paycheck for doing this movie." Here's a million dollars. You know, he was paid. You know, probably good, but like for because he's you know the best ever, but like, yeah, not enough like yang, he he's not retiring off of what he got paid to do, and you know any, any of those big movies we know him for, you know and i it, it's it, even filmmakers you know struggle to even make money off of their films after after they're out and you know once the studios and distribution companies own them, it's just like it's kind of a weird cycle of uh who else can make money off of your movie? <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Right. Because at that point, it becomes everybody else is making money that there's not enough left for you to get any of it. Yeah.
1: And I think fans get real hard on um, everybody on the film for that. And they they look when they look at them and go, oh, well, shit, you know, you were part of fucking, you know, whatever. That movie is huge. I love that movie. You know, just because they love it doesn't mean that it's like, you know, like you look at some of the films we love and be like, yeah, well, uh, you know, big, big, uh, you know, so, you know, initially people that wouldn't respect it, you know, people that the peers of these actors that probably would like to respect from these peers, like they're, they don't respect it type deal. As we all know, horror is kind of the redheaded stepchild, you know, it's never really, never really got the respect that uh, it deserved. This third now third pops on. Everybody pops out of the video, and the third man pops. I don't know on. how I popped out of the video. <laughs> You're too crazy. but Let's get back into uh, the second uh, most important Tony in this conversation, and that is our boy Tony Moran. Um, you know, he, you know, he's got the. He's only in there for a little bit, like we said. Um. But, you know, he's kind of trying to take over. And every, I think every, I don't think there was ever a reoccurring Michael Myers actor. You know what I mean? I think they were all, for the most part, new to each each film. Yeah. Until you get to Tyler May and Tyler and and the Rob Zombie ones. I think he's the only, uh, realistically, I think Michael, the only reoccurring Michael Myers. And I could be, I could be wrong on this, but I think the only reoccurring ones, Taylor Mayne. Tyler Mayne. And and anybody who watched that documentary, you know that he had words to say. You know, Tony had words to say about Mister Maine. You know what I mean? I think he told him to suck his dick or something like that. Um, not a very- good
0: idea to say that to a former wrestler,
1: <laughs> dude. Tyler would kill Tony in a fight if it ever got. That's why he talks. That's why he talks that way, dude. Because he knows how bad it would look if Tyler just popped him in the face. It might even kill him. But if anybody, if if Tony Moran thinks anybody thinks that he would be, and and and, and this is nothing against Tony as, as, a, as a tough guy because he has the presence of a tough guy and he can probably hold his own in a fight. But I don't think, I, dude, anybody who thinks, I don't know, man. Uh, Tony says that Tyler's real Hollywoodized, but I still think that fucking... It could be an issue for him. I don't know if he can survive that battle. You know what I mean. But he t- he's talking a lot of crap all about a lot of folks. Uh, he got uh, Tyler Main got it. Rob Zombie got it a little bit. Uh, Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada, which was funny. That actually
2: Ab- kind of that one made me laugh.
1: Yeah, that was that was that was an interesting thing, you know. Yeah, what I mean?
2: because what I mean, for what because of what he said about Eric Estrada, that was nothing I hadn't heard before from other celebrity interviews talking about him not being the most, you know, pleasurable person to be around.
1: Well, that's a very way of playing it safe, too. I mean, if other people are talking about somebody that it's not a big issue for you to say it now, even if that, even if those things are said in circles outside of the horror community circles, so we don't hear it. It only comes off like Tony Moran saying it, but for all, we know everybody. Like when he said, you know, he said the thing about Jamie Lee Curtis sleeping with everybody on set. You know what I mean? Um, Speculation, you know, could be completely false, but if it was to be true, Maybe that's something that the Hollywood industry, it's just known fact. And I'm not saying it is. Let's just say Jessica Rabbit, uh, Gary K. Wolf, our pal. We're talking about Jessica Rabbit. So somebody said Jessica Rabbit slept with everybody on the set of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, kid. Um, now, with that being said, um, who's to say? Who's to say what happened? You know what I mean? Um, it's all, I don't know. That whole thing's weird. That whole thing is weird too, but like... Whoever,
2: uh, who I mean, you it's clearly obvious that while you're watching that, it's several different conventions that he's on panels or whatever. And, you know, the way they cut that up and put it back together, it's the same panels. It's just everything is out of order that they're doing it. He's saying the same exact thing at each panel. It's not like he's deviating from what he's saying. You know, yeah. So
1: and he's definitely a sh- shock and awe type of dude for sure.
2: Yeah, so I, you know,
1: but the thing would yeah. all
2: bullshit because you know, you know what they say, you know, good. So press Jessica... is, whether it's you know, p- for any press is good, whether it is whether it's bad or not.
1: Yeah.
2: So but, you yeah, know, yeah. people, no matter what. People are gonna have their opinions. Like he could, he could be all about sunshine, rainbows, and butterflies, and people are gonna say, you know, that he's a Satan worshipper and you know talks to bats. I don't know, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are, somebody's gonna always find a way to bring somebody down. Like I don't, I can't blame him for having bad words about Scott Baio. I really can't because if somebody had come out and said some some stuff about my sister after she had just passed away, I'd have some words too.
1: Well, I to get into the Scott Beaud thing real quick. That's a double-sided sword, and it's and I can understand both sides. Yeah, Scott Bale was being a douchebag, all right? He was definitely capitalizing. That was a time when he Scott Bale was bumping for the political choices he was making and opinions he was uh, spewing. So people were kind of hating him on that as well as people loving him. So I think it, he, he was in a weird place and he was addicted to the spotlight, getting a little bit of that spotlight again and loving that. So like a, a douchebag thing to do, he capitalized on that and said, you know, That's what happens to people that do drugs and drink all their life. They eventually die. Now, what he said isn't exactly a lie. It's 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 like a hard truth. It's not something you should say, especially after somebody dies like that. But as even that video shows, it goes into Tony saying shit that's even worse. And yeah, granted, he's the brother, you know, he was affected by that, so he can speak on it. It affected him in a negative way, so, yeah, he can make fun of it and make light of it because maybe that's how he works through it. Uh, but, yeah, like, it was weird to, for him to say that. You, you know, Scott Bale was definitely wrong in saying it, and he was jumping to her defense, uh, so I ad- admire that. For him not to say anything would be kind of fucked up. Um so I I take his kind of side on on the, the Aaron Moran thing, but he does say he he it is kind of hypocritical because he does say those things. But like I said, it all goes down to you know, it's he he's a brother, and no uh, who knows what the relationship is. And you can, when when you're like that, I get you can you, you can say because who, who's to say you know you know you, you, you can say whatever. But it was kind of hypocritical, I think.
0: Yeah, I did not like his comments towards his sister at all.
1: I don't think anybody did.
0: That, that was, I think, one, the most disturbing thing out of that video.
1: It was very untasteful, and it was like it was after hearing, after knowing how upset he got, hearing him say those, th- especially the part. There was like a there was a Halloween like panel where I think with Tyler Mayne's up there, and people from all the different Halloween films are up there and when he's when everybody he says something and everybody kind of laughs and you see people actors turn towards each other kind of like should we be laughing at this but like he goes there and says it so i think he's a shock and awe type of dude um and we do shock and awe on this show so like a you know we might make fun of something that behind the scenes actually like could affect us in a way, but we'll make fun of it because it's kind of like we're on a stage. I feel and it's like, nothing is off limits. You know what I mean? So he might have that vibe to it. And if he's performing, you know what I mean? Like you can't, it's weird. Like that's how he performs now. He's not really in films and such. So him getting in front of a mic during a interview or a convention is him performing and him building up this,
2: He's going to make but, people remember him. No he matter. He is.
1: He's it. playing of heel. He's, go, he's gone heel. We are, but we're, we're doing an episode on it right now. So it's working for him, but, uh, he's definitely a hill and the world needs heels the way that it needs, you know, heroes. Uh, the same thing the horror community needs hills, hills, the way it needs heroes, you know? Uh, and he's the first one to tell you he's an asshole, you know, my favorite. Some of my favorite moments is when they're sitting there in the interview and, uh, He's talking for anybody out there, go seek it out and watch it. You'll be able to catch the vibe. There's a fucking, he's in a panel and he's talking about how like horror, like horror fans are nerds. And like, he's like, you believe they'd want my autograph. They pay me. These like these idiots, they pay me for my, I don't think he might not say idiots. I think he says nerds. These nerds, they pay me for my signature. You want me to sign this? Sure. You know what I mean? There's like one guy laughing in the background. Um, which probably would have been me, you know. That that was the Maddie of whatever con that was.
2: Yeah, uh, that would have been that would have been me too. I would have yeah, laughed. There would have
1: been two. Yep, I'm,
2: not, I'm not, i would have been sitting there raising my hand, like, "Yep, I'm not a nerd, and I'm paying for your autograph, and I'm still going to pay for your autograph, even though you just said that." Just because that's how much I respect the fact that you're being you.
1: Oh, I would never pay for his autograph after that, and I'd, he, I'd be like, "Well, you can respect the fact that I'm never paying for your autograph in the same way I respect you saying that." Yeah. Once you cross the line like that, it's we. It would be a weird. It'd be a weird vibe. Me and Tony Moran are gonna wrestle for fucking charity in the future. I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. Tony
0: Moran already had to cancel a convention appearance as
1: because of this. Couple,
0: yeah, because a couple hours before we started recording, he was supposed to do the Houston Horror Film Festival
1: in late June, and he canceled. I heard he got a facebook message for mad bell potter
2: yes he did i and sent fun. him a message because i i wanted i was i asked him to come and be on the show and you know <laughs> explain his side to the situation he read the message or somebody read the message but no one
1: ever responded back we put it you so. see you flipped this world upside down maybe we'll do a follow-up episode and talk to the tone log man Don't like grind. if i could actually
2: get him to be on and and join us i i i'm curious because it'd be
1: fun It'd be you know, good.
2: there's there's two, there's three sides to every story.
1: Yeah, we're definitely not, I don't feel we're, we're I don't feel we're taking a side with it. We're catch-22 in it. We're devil's advocating this Mo Trucker, I feel. Um, sure.
2: But yeah, like, I, there's, like I said, there's, there's like three sides to every story, you know? I'm just gonna say but, his, hers, and the truth, Yeah. just to make it sound good, but that's the case. There's yeah. Always three sides before so, you actually get to the truth.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm with uh you. you know, see, the Shatner man got some. Rob Zombie got where Tyler Main, uh, PJ Souls, PJ Souls, who he was sitting next to in a lot of those interviews. I thought was interesting. I wonder how course, much
2: and even at the convention, wise they were next to one another.
1: Yeah. But that's just kind of how it is. Like people, I don't, I, I don't think they hate each other. But realistically, you know, the, in the con world, you could be sitting next to somebody you hate and just have to kind of deal with it. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. But even, you know, seeing people together doesn't make me. But, well, I mean, you know I just see I mean? people
2: together. That doesn't necessarily mean they're friends. But also, in the same token, I also seen them like embracing one another, and not for nothing. I don't yeah. know about you guys. But I'm not going to give somebody a hug that I don't like. I'm not a fake bitch. So if I don't like you, I'm going to go the other direction and act like I don't know you.
1: That's the business. You, you have, a, you you know, you know, it's, uh, you want to be a rap superstar and live large in the big house five cars. That's how it goes, man. You you hear an Eminem. If everybody's going video, I gotta go video. You know the Eminem lyric where, uh, He's talking about you know you see somebody out in public, you, know, you going to shake their hands, smile, say everything's good. You know that's that, that's kind of like the big league business of uh, the horror community. Mm. Eminem is a big horror icon now, right?
2: Yeah, seriously. But like, like I said, I don't like I don't get I don't care. I'm not it's like if I don't like you, I don't like you, and you're gonna know about it. I'm gonna tell you exactly why I don't like you, and well, think, I'm gonna keep it moving.
1: I think to, that's that's how Tony is, Tony Moran. And, um, that it's definitely, especially in like the climate now, that's definitely not like you're the friendly vibe that everybody wants to deal with, you know?
2: And for nothing, like, come on, what over the last couple of years, there really hasn't been any conventions. So let's, you know, now after all this time, all of a sudden a video pops up.
0: That surprised me too. When I've, all the things, it comes out now.
2: Exactly. That's why I also, I'm calling bullshit. Because if he was that bad of a person, why wait this long? It's it's like all these women that, you know, cry about oh, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. If it was that bad, I don't care. I don't give a shit about the circumstances. I'm either A, calling the police (laughs) and letting them know what the hell happened, or B, I'm gonna put you in your place.
0: Well, so, I think
2: that they're really Why, why wait? You've you of COVID where there's been no conventions whatsoever, and then all of a sudden you got this video that miraculously... Well, on YouTube. I got two... As an
1: asshole. No, I hear you, but I think it's because well, two things, and I'll let Tony go in. I think it's one, people got a lot of time on their hands to make it, and two, conventions are coming back, so now would be the time you'd want to drop something like that when people start picking up. Like, realistically... For bad, who were whatever the intentions were of the people doing the video were, whether to show people that he's a bad dude or whether they have a personal beef and want to fuck him over, they dropped it now because they know he's hurting from no money from conventions. Now is the time he would be needing to do conventions. That's why it was dropped now. Like it's it was perfectly dropped at a perfect time. Like,
2: but again, you know, why why does it necessarily have to be him? It could be well, like Thurb. It could be me. It could be you. It could be Melissa. It, it could be Jason Lively. Like it
1: could, it could be. be
2: anybody on the um the convention circuit,
1: right? Like, you well, know,
2: you, you see certain conventions where certain names are are consistently a guest. I don't see mm. him as prominent on the convention circuit as I do some people, right? So why ruin that for him? just be if you're one person that had a bad experience or misconstrued the way something was said well, or you know took something to a level that it wasn't meant to be at
1: it could have been one of those you know 20 to 300 people that was in that panel room that he called nerds literally to their faces for buying his autograph it could have been any one of those people
2: no, no i am a nerd i own up to it yeah i paid yeah like that. but some people
1: yeah, we're nerds. the problem.
2: But- People are so. These days are so easily butt hurt. It's like, here, here's an ice dildo. Pull cool it.
1: No, like- that's the hemorrhoid technique. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I him. have
0: no problem being called a nerd. But right. what really angered me about
1: this video
0: was the language that he was using towards.
1: Certain people, like, like those f bombs that I was—I I, those f bombs that blew my mind—not the fuck bomb, but the other f bomb.
0: I, I think he used c bomb
1: once. Yeah, he he was throwing around that his, I did not like. That wasn't, and he was also—he I did a, not
0: like the derogatory statement he made ab- about PJ S- Souls.
1: Yeah, he, a lot of there was a lot of homosexual stuff he said that, uh, like, very derogatory things that. That's why I'm
0: angry about the video. It comes you from an old
2: Need to take into the consideration too. He comes
1: from an old school. Trust <laughs> exactly. me. Exactly. That was what I was. Just trust me. Going I know into. where you're going with it. I, I've. Hey, trust me. I know where you're going with it. And I'm not. I'm not. You know what I mean. I know he comes from an older school, and I'm not condemning that in the same way. I'm not accepting that is okay for that being that. You know what I mean? If it was uh, f
0: bombs and a bombs, I have no problem with it.
1: Right. Oh, that's why you're
2: so friends with me because those are usually every other word out of my mouth. That's
1: (laughs) why I. That's why I thought he and he enjoyed indulged in alcoholic beverages because I figured he was an old school, old way thinking person that had got when he got loose and was going, oh shit. They like when I say fucked up things and then shit like that slips out. You know what I mean? And that of those folks, those types of folks. You know what I mean? That's how it goes. Yeah, we came here to get
2: fucked up and do fucked up shit.
1: Yeah, but, but you know, you almost have the kind of responsibility in a way when you're when you're when you're in that position. To... Oh no, I
2: was just saying that was just like a, that was a line from House of a Thousand Corpses saying hey, what it Rob
1: zombie too. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I feel you when you're when when you're in a, in a position like that, you have a responsibility because you. I don't know why you should hate on anybody in general, but especially in a position like that. Because why offend people that are actually that you say certain things are going to offend people that care about you, like people you've never met before in your life that you've touched through something, a film or something that, that, you know what I mean? I've never understood why people would take, you know, I don't know, dude, I'm not going to get into that, but I've just always found that was kind of fucked up to exclude people, whether you were getting too wild or wanting to be shocking or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just, and I say weird, dark shit all the time, but I try not to exclude people, you know what I mean. I try to make sure yeah, that says, I'm not
2: everybody gets everybody gets the wrath. We love everybody.
1: Ever. We yeah. love everybody at Shock Treatment. We've all been outcasted, so we would never want to outcast anybody else. So like, that's, that's, that's why we
2: all. That's pretty much why we all do what we do. You know, we've all been the misfit. You know, we are the land of misfit toys in real life. And I'm okay with that. I'd rather be living in the land of Misfit Toys and be who I am than con- convert to be what other people want me to be and be who other people think I should be. No, I'm me. I don't want to be one of the sheep. I I am not meant to be one of the flock. I was meant to stand out. Dab, you were obviously meant to stand out. Maddie was meant to stand out. Yeah, That's baby. why we're doing what we do. All
1: right. Yes. Let's get back to outcasting Tony Moran over here real quick. So, now, our our pal Tony, you know, he he writes a weird line where, and I love the hypocrisy of the editing in this, which is nice, where, like, they'll have a clip of him being, like, um, or hypocrisy shown with the editing, where, you know, they'll have him be, like, fucking... Oh, I never put on the mask again, you know. I, you know, I would never do a, I never do a sequel. And then you know, it has the flips of like things of him saying, "Oh yeah, absolutely." If I if offered, and I guess he's doing for two thousand dollars. I laughed; this made me laugh. For two thousand dollars, Tony Moran will marry you as Michael Myers. I thought that was cool. And I'm not giving hard times. Go do it. Absolutely. We're, we support Tony Moran. So, did I, I paid for that.
2: Like, are you kidding me? That'd be awesome.
1: <laughs> I, I married somebody once. I married two people. I married a couple, two people together. I made them one. I did it, and I did it for the, it was like a $30 fee. Uh, you, you know, it's easy for she.
2: We could become ordained ministers on online right now for like 30 bucks, though. So like, yeah, that's what I start did doing So, the next convention, when conventions are a thing again, if, you know, if me and Justin decide to get married, we can have you marry us, marry up. I'm down. uh, At a convention in front of Tony Moran, if he's at it, holding the Michael Myers mask, maybe it'll be only a thousand dollars as opposed to him actually wearing it.
1: Since Anthony Thurbe and the rest of the horror Legion are trying to cancel out Tony Moran right now, everybody go And I think that's another
2: thing too. Everybody will get
1: married and hire Tony. It
2: just, uh, it just all falls into the cancel culture with, with everything right now. Everything's cancel culture. Let's get it, rid of this one, that one, and, you know, whoever, just because they actually say things a certain I moment.
1: No, I agree with that, but if the video footage of him actually saying these things wasn't there, I would say, okay. But, I think... But again, he, if you watch,
2: you know, the, the snippet with him, with the guy that's holding the beer while he's interviewing him at the panel, that actual... Oh, whole, that was... That, was that, the, that video for that panel is actually up. Because that's what I started watching first before I started watching the actual unmasked portion of the video.
1: I call that God so, that, that guy that guy that did that interview he's one of God's masterpieces.
0: He's God, something
1: God calls him if Al Kilmer died. That's what God calls that that, that masterpiece.
2: Yeah, and, and like I said, like the, the way the video, the whole, that panel went, if you yeah. actually watch the video that's Correct. just that panel, it it's flows fast. a lot. I love it. And, and then, if you watch that video and then you go back and watch the unmasked one, it changes things a little bit because you actually get to hear everything. You get to see the facial expressions that go along with what he's saying. And that's where, yeah. why yeah. I don't that I, I think everything is being misconstrued and that, you know, like like you said, like, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, he's not, I don't think he's being a douchebag, but in the same token, he wasn't brought up in the era where we've been, we've brought up, we're brought up in, he's, he's not a young guy that is being brought up as a, you know, for lack of a better word, he's not a little bitch.
1: The movie is made in the editing room, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's what Mad Mel is trying to say about the editing of the video. But certain things, and and to go back to that interview, which I think is my favorite interview from that kind of that documentary, I should probably go watch the full raw video. I love it for all 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 different. I love. I wish there was audience uh, view of this because that's where he's really like that was one of the ones where he got like really heavy on the fans. I think. And certain ones, he was kind of joking with it, and I think the the most venomous one was probably that one, and one person laughs, which is awkward laugh. Like I said, it was that it was that it would the yeah, laugh that I would have done tension. the I would have done that laugh in real life to break up the the tension of going on from him dropping that bomb. Just to just to, I have that that it just would have automatically came out of me. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's why that dude laughed at that moment to be like, what? Like he couldn't believe what was going on. Um, and I think that, that I think at in that interview, he might've pushed it a little too healy, a little too heavy um, because he did say things and whether or not that's how, you know, a lot of them feel. I know not all of them feel that way, but you know, there's ones that do feel that way. that just don't say it. And he said it now you can say that being real, um is something to be commend, you know, give him a pat on the back for. But in that case, is it really? It's almost, you know what I mean? Is, is it really? Like, if a, if a politician comes out tomorrow and says, hey, yeah, we're screwing everybody, is that person cool? Should he be patted on the back for being real? Or should, should he be just no, like... You well, he's being real, but, you
2: know, we already knew that they were, you know... Yeah,
1: but, I mean, you know, just it's like a snake being a <laughs> snake, anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those things. It's... Mm. So like, and I'm not saying. And like I said, like I said, when I met Tony, I had no issue with him. He was yeah, he was cool it, with That's me. why.
2: That's why I, I find it hard to believe that you know.
1: But I could understand people getting upset because he I, I do think he's playing Hale character. I do think he's feeding into it. I do think he probably has a little a little arrogance to him being on that. You know, being on the bigger sets like Happy Days. You know, from the get go of it. Um, I think I do think that he's better than the film Halloween. Like I like I think I think he thinks he's above it, uh, and maybe he is because it's a film and he's a human. You know what I mean? So who's to say what? But um, I think that that's kind of the jive with it. And uh, I think that he you know he was playing that gimmick for the for the cameras, playing it up. And I think and maybe he did you know he didn't drink a beverage with Mel, but maybe he drank a beverage with somebody else and said hey. I'm gonna do a shoot. I'm gonna go wild. I know what's gonna sell. I know that if I go out there and say Jamie Lee Curtis or you know, aka Jessica Rabbit was sleeping with everybody on set, then people are gonna watch that interview. Or if I go out there and say what I thought was the most controversial, well, people are gonna thing. watch
2: the movie because God, what? you know, I'm sure there's still people out there that have never actually physically watched the movie. So the most,
1: the most horrifying claim that blew my mind apart in this. Was the claim that he made about John Carpenter beating up Deborah Hill that horrified? Oh yeah, I yeah, never, heard that, that. That
0: I never heard, that,
1: heard that. I never heard in my that. I never heard that either. I've never <laughs> heard that before in my life, dude. And I hold I hold John Carpenter so high because I love his films. I like him. I think he's kind of a badass dude that fell out of the fell out of the system and kind of had a "fuck you" Hollywood type deal. Um, and to hear that, I was like crushed. I was like, no, because Deborah Hills, uh, rest in peace. And she's super unsung hero of horror. You know, she produced Halloween. She helped write it. She passed early. I don't think she ever fully got to be appreciated while she was living and be shown the love that she would get now. And so that makes it even more tragic to hear that story. You know what I mean? And I know that it was such a weird vibe where they were going out at the time and then they broke up and she wasn't a part of, you know, he wasn't either, but she, you know, she was a part of some of the other films and then, you know, wasn't. So it's a weird to be, to have a relationship and create something huge like that. And then, cause I know that there was times the Jamie Lee Curtis said, there was times that were tough on set when, you know they weren't together, and 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 Deborah Hill was like upset. You could tell she was actually upset that her and John weren't together anymore, and you know John was with somebody else or something like that. And she could tell that oh. that, that upset Deborah Hill. So like, it it was to hear the fucking that was like wow was like devastating. And when you Did watch the interview, and that that's a good reason not to shit where you eat. Yeah, no, I no, I don't. That's why I don't I don't condone. And you know how I feel. I, about yeah, I don't. Upset I, I mean, romance. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, like I, I don't condone violence against women. We all of know, of course.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We all don't condone it. I don't condone. I, I'm any a survivor of domestic.
2: I'm I'm a survivor of domestic abuse. Right. So I don't condone anybody putting their hands on a female at all in any kind of form. So you know that was kind of bothersome to hear that because, like you said, it's never been said before. But then again, you know is this going to turn into, like, another Harvey Weinstein or, you know, where they're going to try and bring his name through the mud and then, you know, make his career irrelevant for whatever reason, whether it's intentional or not.
1: Well, I mean, it's not much of a career, and that's not beefing with the dude. I'm not trying to be hating on him, but he did Halloween, and he's known for uh, Halloween's his big imprint on it, in cinema. That's what We can yeah. all agree with that, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and you know it is what it is. So like, I don't think they're. It's not a big campaign. If you if they if if people were gonna go for a campaign, they would try and bring down somebody bi- a little bigger, like our pal Richard Stanley, or like uh, go after you know the way he's going after Carpenter. Like if, if if Carpenter was if these these claims were true, it'd be like go people would be going after Carpenter because he's a fucking gigantic force, like you probably have, for the majority of people, you tell them Tony Moran, you probably have to explain to them who Tony Moran is, and that's no beef. That's just the way, that's reality. They know Tony Moran more than they know Matthew Fisher, so check check that out. But Here's like, the thing. yeah. If you get more
0: than one person saying it, then it's a news story. But right. this whole video was filled with a lot of incoherency. Like I said, it
2: was, several I cut, panel, yeah, cutting. it was several panel interviews that were all cut up and then put back together the way they deemed fit. And it presented Tony in not such a great light. So whether it was intentional by Tony's part to say what it was said because of whatever reasons, we don't know what was going on in his mind when he said anything. It's just like us. It's just like anybody. You never know what happened prior to something being said. He could have had a bad like, you know, we said earlier he could have gotten a phone call and been told that somebody was dying right before he did that panel and he was just coming out of like pure emotion. You don't know. And until I, like with everything with Richard Stanley that's going on right now, until there's more evidence that's concrete presented I'm not forming an opinion and You know, disbanding the love that I do have for him and or that movie. You know, because like it seems to be like like with all the accusations against Richard Stanley. You know, they started. They pulled the money. He wasn't getting money from it anymore. That the money was going to be donated from Colorado Space to different domestic violence charities. And you did all of this before you even knew his side
1: of the story. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's uh, So
2: without like without weird. hearing his side to all of this and this video
1: Yeah.
2: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like the rest of the flock that are gonna just be like, Okay, oh he said this, he's an asshole, I don't wanna like him anymore. No, no. And then no, like we, a week down the road you, you see the actual you know, you actually get the real story right. and then you are gonna feel like you're gonna feel like the piece of shit because you bought into it just because it was said. Just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true.
1: Well, it's a damage. People don't understand this.
2: They don't it's understand a, the damage that they're going to cause by a, putting that
1: out. There's a damage effect. So, like, that comes out, and everybody goes, "Oh shit!" And that the news of it happening is bigger than the news of somebody la- months later saying that it was a lie or whatever. Now, yeah. you know what I mean? That's just, unfortunately that's how it is. Like, there will never be. They'll never be a wave of people going, "Okay, everybody that found out about it, just so you know, it was a lie." They'll never be that. It'll, you know, so. That tarnishes whoever, whoever forever. Look yeah. at that rhyming. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a poet, and I didn't know. It didn't him. even know it. You know what I mean? Thurbs sleeping over there. He says, Fuck "No, I'm you. checking you. something." No, nah, that's all good in the hood. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It's kind of, but yeah, with with Tony Moran, I don't think you know. Yeah, the cancel culture thing's very high and extreme right now, and the littlest thing could be could get you, you know, canceled out. But with him knowing that, and who I don't know how f- far back these things go, he did push hail heavy. Push hailed heavy. He was uh, and, and,
2: and again like, Hulk
1: Moran over there doing it big.
2: But you don't really, you don't hear much about him. He stays under the radar. Right. So to see this video and the way he's portrayed by the way it was cut up.
1: Right. I, I kind
2: of feel some kind of way I, about it. Like, I also
1: get this vibe too. Uh, I won't go vocal publicly here about it, but I've worked with uh, a well-known horror personality, and that's this personality was I worked with them. I don't know five, five, seven, eight years, five, maybe like five, six. Oh, I know who years, you're talking
2: about. Years now.
1: ago, and this person uh, was a gigantic not fan. Uh, of tony moran uh big time not a supporter not a fan of him as a person completely against this guy um so it's very possible and you know and this is a dude who's iconic if i spilled the name everybody knows him the um and if that dude has beef with him, i'm sure other horror community people talk so once the once the inside horror icon people start talking And you're 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 fucking you wearing that scarlet letter from them. And then then, you know, the fan catch word and the fans start talking. And once you have the celebrity as well as the fans giving you the double fuck you for better or worse, whether you're that villain or not, get your fucking pink slip. Adios, amigo. You're out of here because that because for whatever reason, both parties don't want you. Both people don't want you at the party. So you're out of here. I th- that, that could be a situation with it too, where he just rubs people wrong way on both sides of the fucking line. And that, there's a thing that everybody that goes shocking always has to worry about. It's going too fucking shocking that you can't pull back from, you know, and that usually happens with people that are, with it personally, the shocking shit's a little too, like we'll say shocking shit just for laugh value, you know, but there's people that'll say it for straight up. Because that's just how they really feel about things, and that always kind of eventually comes out and turns into a problem for them. And I think that's kind of this. You know what I mean? Um, I want to give advice real quick to any filmmaker out there. When we're talking about the on the ro- on set, romance, you know, no physical contact at all on sets. Whether you you know, I, I always it's bad news because it it, I, I, it hardly ever lasts, and when it goes away. You usually lose one or both of those people on your film set, which is a horrifying thing because in indie filmmaking, we need everybody we can get. Now, Tony Moran doesn't need every fan that he can get, obviously, because he'll say these things in a crowd full of fans, which boggles my mind because it goes back to that whole thing of like, you know, the fans are the bloodline of everything, you know, and I think that the, uh, why
2: well, the reason why you're sitting on that panel, Tony
1: right Moran, supposedly comes from an error of actors. You know, he was rubbing elbows with actors that believed in this thing. Supposedly he was that this is the old school where they, they know they, every fan to earn, they know and appreciate. And that's the thing you run into at cons. Now we talk about this with Jason Momoa, another motherfucker that got beef with shock treatment. Um, <laughs> but we talk about that where it's like, you know, His fan, his fandom, and rush of success and stardom just came immediately, so he didn't really have to. I don't know per him
2: personally. Yeah, I I don't know personally, so I can't
1: say it. But from a distance, it looks like he just kind of fell into it. So I don't think the people who just fall into it, I don't think can appreciate the struggle of getting. You know, building that fan base and the relationship you have with the audience where, yeah, they're investing. They're wanting to watch a movie, but they're also investing in an actor or filmmaker that they've grown to appreciate their work. You know what I mean? Um, And I think so, you know, it could be he could fall into that, too. And if you once you start losing respect or losing appreciation for for those people that kind of, you know, make it possible for you, that's kind of the, the beginning of the end. But I don't really, you know, like we said, he, he really, he's known for Halloween for the, for the 30 seconds he's on screen. And that's no beef with the dude. But it's like, I always find it weird when people, when when actors, I know that they don't want to be known for some you know, cheesy horror movie in their opinion, but they don't appreciate the fact that they're known. Period. Like they always overlook the fact that they they they're they're known. They should appreciate the fact that they're somebody knows them for something. You know what I mean? I always find it weird. When, Other than like, a headache, I always find it weird when they 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 carry that as a burden more than like something to celebrate. What do you guys think?
0: I agree. I agree because. If you're carrying it as a burden, yeah. maybe you shouldn't do conventions well, because yeah. some of the nicest people that I've met are actually proud with with their films that yeah. they've done
1: for sure
0: because I met some very nice people on the con circuit absolutely oh, we all
2: have. But we're not saying no. that we haven't. That, that's why it's kind of mind blowing. This that- is a
1: rarity. Yeah. I mean, people that are really don't that don't appreciate it is a rarity, but they are out there. You
0: know?
2: And, and like, like I said, that's why it's mind blowing because of the fact that, you know, I did have a good experience with meeting him. I didn't have any issues. I I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was great. Like, he was super nice. We had a conversation and, you know, I can't just be a hater because of one video that just started circulating. Right, I, right. I need to see a little more concrete evidence than that, you know, by taking a panel, several different panels and just cutting it up and piecing it back together to portray him in a different light. Because, yeah. like I said, with we all know how I am. We all know that, you know, you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. And the way it's going to be either taken or not. So I can't, I just, I can't be an asshole and form an opinion and be like, oh, fuck him. Like, he's an asshole. Can't do it. Because then that makes me just as bad as the person who put that video out. Yeah.
0: If he really wants to clear everything up, Go on a podcast or two. Well, that's why this I reached one. out
2: to him because that was the ex- whole reason why I reached out because I want to hear his opinion. I want to hear what he has to say and his feelings on how he was perceived and portrayed in that video.
0: Because if he if he just stays radio silence,
2: then it's gonna then then that's different because then that does make you look like an asshole. Yeah,
0: because he already canceled the co- convention. Which I so that just, that, just,
2: that makes it not look good. But for all we know, unless he like actually put out a statement and they're not releasing it, for all we know, with the time we're living in right now, he could have fucking COVID or be afraid of getting COVID, which is why he canceled his appearance. doesn't necessarily think... mean that his canceling that appearance has to do with that video, but in the same token, it doesn't look good.
1: I don't think the Hale position is a gimmick. I think that's kind of... Whether you know, whether he lived the gimmick so much he became it, like wrestlers do and such. I don't know if that's the case, but I feel like he is kind of uh the way the way we're seeing him in this is kind of how he acts now. So I do think the best thing for him to do is to be silent because I don't think he would come out with an apology. I think he would come out calling everybody sensitive pussies and I know Mad Mel would love that and I would love to see. I that would. As I would well.
2: fucking be laughing my face you know? off and agreeing with
1: him. And it's one of those things where yeah, people are too sensitive. But you also gotta understand that when you're in a big, when you're in a in a bigger category like that, that, and you you know the bigger audience seeing your stuff, knowing that they're sensitive, you don't gotta like. I feel like there's a way to not lose your edge, but not be so offensive. I feel, you know what I mean. And that's me saying that, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like there's a way to do it. And maybe he just doesn't take the time to figure out the science of doing it right. And he just does it sloppily and it gets him in trouble. That's my vibe. But I don't think he's like a terrible dude. I don't think he appreciates what, uh, what, what, what Halloween is in, as culture or what it's done for him. Because at the end of the day, who's to say it's done really anything for him but make, make him a couple bucks in the convention circuit? You know what I mean? Um, so but a couple like, of bucks is better
2: than nothing if you're still relevant
1: after Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what night. I mean by when acting. That, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't, you know, who's to say, like, that's the thing. I, you know, all any, anybody that's known for anything should appreciate just being known. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that when you die, um, you're going to, people are still going to appreciate your, 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 something about you will continue to give other people joy long after you're dead. You should appreciate that. I mean, you know, life is a, life's a weird thing. We say this often with, with the films we do. You know, we're not rich often or anything. And it's like, well, you don't earn in money. You earn in almost like karma points. You know what I mean? Like, it makes you feel good, gives you, like, prideful feelings, you know, if you accomplish things, you know what I mean? People, Yeah,
2: people respecting you. and Yeah, people that.
1: having respect for you, you know, meeting your peers, you know, meeting peers and people you look up to that you appreciate, and they, them appreciating what you do, you know, stuff like that. So, like, even though that stuff you can actually take with you when you die, I, I feel, you know, you can't take your money with you. But you know, a sense of pride in knowing that you created something, other people will get enjoyment after when you're dead. You know what I mean, or create something that people that you were entertained you to, by. No appreciate. matter how
2: big or yeah, no matter how big or small, you feel something is. You don't know how that impacted somebody else.
1: Right. I mean, he, and this is a perfect example. Look how look we all love not just us. Look how much of an impact Halloween has had on this culture. Just the, the single movie, all the sequels, the reboot, merchandise, uh, Halloween will never go away. Never go away. Never go away. As long as there's films, as long as people are watching movies, Halloween will always be relevant. You know what I mean? It'll be- yeah, it'll
0: probably be rebooted about 10, 20 years from now.
1: As long as? If not
0: sooner.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll be rebooted before that. It'll be rebooted like three or four years after that last. The next sequel they do that the kills are again. Yeah, that kills comes kills.
2: out what in October. It's supposed to be released. So I guarantee uh, within another year or two, somebody will come out with another one. And they changed the, the name.
1: Those. They it's changed not the name kills again. Anymore? Huh?
2: It's not Halloween Kills anymore.
1: No, it's it's called Michael Myers Rides Again. <laughs> <laughs> This one, it's, this is in the West. It all takes place horseback. Know. I want
2: to know. I'm curious how the hell he got out of that room. It's
1: his he, this is horseback. is This is on a Western atmosphere where Michael Myers versus Tremors he
2: comes <laughs> up nice. out of the ground on the horse.
1: Tony Moran wouldn't do John Carpenter's follow up sequel, but he's doing Michael Myers versus Tremors. Yeah, in the desert, made by a twenty twenty-five cent fan film. I laughed that he wouldn't return for sequels, but he uh, he did a fan film that was made for like twenty cents. I always laugh at that. His excuse was, "Guy hit me up on Facebook." Like that was the <laughs> excuse. He's like, "Well, it's like, yeah, you say you won't, you won't, you know, put on the mask for John Carpenter, and you know, big multi-million dollar sequel, but." But but you had yeah, to do it you know, because Halloween. dude hit you up on Facebook. I want to see him on an actor inside the actor's studio where they're like, you yeah, when you were offered you this, you, you chose not to do all these bigger budgeted Hollywood, the, you know, bigger budget Halloween films, and you decided to do this very fan artistic film. You know Why? Why? Well, you know, uh, you know, uh, I I I, I well, feel it, like- it, It's
2: like it's like Will Smith saying he'd never do a sequel, but yet you know you there's three Men in Black. Movies or whatever, and he's in you know there's four of them, but he's in the first three. You know, he's in,
1: he's in the first two Men in back movies as well. If I remember correctly. <laughs> so don't tell Jada Pinkett Smith. Well, she yeah. was in those films as well, I think.
2: Well, they they agree on that though.
1: They uh, they oh, both okay. yeah they both what they well they're all they're all hated by the, the son, the Karate Kid.
2: What kid? What kid likes their parents? At that age? Oh, I like my parents. Like, but I'm saying, teenagers, it's like, just it's kind of like a rite of passage that hating your parents during your teenage years kind of go hand in hand.
1: I wonder if the more <laughs> they give you, the more you hate them.
2: I, I don't, I don't know how much I could hate my parents if I was given everything under the fucking sun my whole Hada.
1: life. What's his name? What's his son's name? Is it Jada? Jaden. 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 Jaden uh, Smith, uh, the next episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, our, our hot guest. We're going to talk about the Karate Kid reboot.
2: Being Yeah, that movie sucked out.
1: Was it Cloud Atlas?
2: Oh, yeah, that was worse. Um, what was the other one that was absolutely horrendous that they were
1: in? Halloween. Halloween, if you ask Tony Moran. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think he hates the movie, guys? What's your take?
2: Because he was only in it for thirty seconds.
1: That's what she said.
0: Oh, the same thing. <laughs> he's he's only—he's bitter that he's only in it for under
2: a, a minute. A whole.
1: And you think you know? You think he should have? You think that he thinks he should have carried over into more Carpenter films? Yes. You know what I mean? It's a juggernaut like Carpenter in his films, uh, who, who, whose films hold gigantic influence? Yeah. And he's one of those, you know, what I love about Carpenter's style is you know you're watching a John Carpenter film just by like the, the way he set the shots were set up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very popular because he, you know, he was cruising a cult, cult, you know, his all his films for the most part will be around forever, and yeah, Tony Moran I feel probably got an issue with that, the fact that he was, and I think even in that documentary he mentioned something about Kurt Russell, like he 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 wasn't expecting to be the next Kurt Russell, but a little more than what he got or something like that.
2: But, I mean, even with that, like, you're in it for 30 seconds. You're not going to wow people with a 30-second performance when you're pretty much in the dark the whole time.
1: Yeah, and uh Kurt Russell's Kurt Russell, dude. Kurt Russell's great. Yeah. yeah. He, he, for Tony yeah. Moran to compare himself to – Again, that's, that's, comparing
2: apples to, that's, that's comparing apples to oranges.
1: That's scarier than any scene in Halloween. I understand how he doesn't think Halloween's a good movie because that, that thought that he does out of him being compared to Kurt Russell's like scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. He lives that life, too. <laughs> that's in his head at all times. Kurt Russell's fantastic from the get-go. He's a child actor all the way up. To today, as to playing Santa Claus last year or the year before.
2: Oh, the Christmas Chronicles movie.
1: Kurt Russell's an American treasure. Oh. It's so great.
2: Just like Betty his White. son
1: was. That was all, his son was also
0: in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Wyatt Wilson.
1: We don't talk. About Russell. You. Ryan
0: Russell. I mean, sorry. All right. I Which,
1: I, see,
2: I didn't know that because I have yet to watch that show. So.
1: I used to date his daughter back in the day. Sorry if I mixed it up with Wilson. <laughs> oh, no problem, no
2: problem.
1: Wilson, like from uh, Castaway Wilson?
0: I don't know why I thought Wilson. Just Home improvement? Home improvement, I don't... probably. i trying to think, why did I think Wilson? I have no idea.
1: I'm with you. Um, I'm with you on that. I had to say Russell. <laughs> oh, Russell, yeah. Would you guys ever pay Tony Moran 2K to marry either of you?
2: Maybe if I have 2K laying around that I can waste on having that job, that, would, that would be kind of cool.
1: If I made two thousand dollars an hour for whatever job I did, I still wouldn't pay Tony Moran 2K to marry me.
2: No, I'd, I'd, I'd spend it on Robert England though.
1: And that's no offense to Tony Moran.
2: I'd spend it on Robert England to marry me.
1: I wouldn't even do that for Robert England. I would. I get a weird that's vibe. Yeah, I wouldn't do it for anybody. When I met Robert England, I got a weird. Like I vibe. said,
2: if I had that kind of money to blow, I don't. So it's it's not it's not a Very
1: dirty. See, Robert England was a weird vibe. When I met him, I got a weird vibe, which is unfortunate. That, but I don't hold it against him. I went through. I got a picture. He asked me if I wanted to get it uh, uh, personalized, and I said no, just his signature. And he gave me a look, like a side-eye look that stuck with me forever. It was very unfortunate. And oh, yeah,
2: like, like, like you were going to turn around and go and it like, yeah, immediately?
1: He, I think he thought I was going to go sell it on eBay. But, yeah, that's probably why. But because... you know, I, I know that's the vibe. But if Robert England's ever listening, I, it's not because that. It's because I have Matthew with one T, and I wasn't going to spend $50 for him to put fucking two T's on it because I've done that before where I've bought an autograph and I've told the person numerous times, one fucking T and I got the thing back and it's got two T's on it. And that ruins the whole fucking thing for me. Cause it just goes, here's my autograph in proof that I have no fucking respect for you whatsoever. Give me your money. That's what that right. means to me. So I go, so it's heartbreaking to see the fucking two T's on there. So I didn't want Robert England to break my heart, but he did. He ended up breaking my heart anyways. Ah! But I don't beef with the motherfucker. I, I'm in his nightmares. He has. I'm in his fucking nightmares, tearing him up every night. He's
0: a nice guy, but he'll talk forever.
1: No, no. But- Robert England's the shit, and I, I'm not giving. Her, I like I said. I know the vibe. I know that he, that's what he caught, and there was no. It was so quick. I couldn't even like. How do you even fucking explain that without looking like a doofus? You know what I mean? Right. It's one of those weird things. But like. I don't know. Maybe another day, I'll be able to. I'll, I'll, I'll spend another fifty bills, and I'll tell him. I'll tell him the story. I have to spend well, one hundred and
2: ten for his autograph story. now. So yeah, it was
0: like I think eighty nine the last time I saw
1: him at Rhode Island Comic Con. If, if we ever get him yeah, on the it was, show,
2: it was a hundred. A hundred,
1: yeah. A hundred right.
2: at Rhode Island Comic Con.
1: Autographs are getting to be way too much. I could, I could yeah. deal with fifty. I could be all right with fifty. Like
2: Chevy Chase was one hundred and fifty. Like,
1: I know, I won't do it.
2: Fifty we'll for me. Fifty's even. Fifty's even pushing it. And I'm. It's not like I, I, I'm not paying the same person several times over. I, like, I'm not going to give you a hundred dollars every time I see you to sign something different because I've oh, yeah. already gotten your autograph. I don't want to spend. A hundred dollars every time I see you to get your autograph. So I'm not, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm not I'm even. Gonna, so for that hundred dollars, I'm gonna spend on your autograph. I can get A, B, and C for the same amount.
1: There's certain people that I only, only very few people I return new for conversation, and it's yeah. not out of beef. It's out of the fact that I don't want to just go approach like if I don't feel like it can be friendly, like I don't want to be in the situation. I'm very big on not creating you know bad situations like-, like I'd rather have a good memory of that person. So, like, I don't want to approach it and then be in a weird situation where they want you to buy something again or something and then just like fuck up the whole deal. And it's like, man, I fucking don't like this person anymore. I think they're kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? Um yeah, So I try and happening. stick out of that shit. Yeah but there's certain people that I, I you know revisit cuz they're good folks. But it's a weird deal, you know. Now Tone, I know you get down with the bloom house big time. You and fucking Jason Bloom are best pals, you know, you yard it up with all the hot chicks and champagne and fucking <laughs> lines of cocaine and big fucking exotic sausages that are uh, made with the finest pork and fucking protein products pumped into <laughs> it. You know, with the sun, the sun going down, orange sunshine, you know what I mean? It's beautiful, you know then you then the night when the sun goes down, you take that orange sunshine, and you really have a party. you know what I mean so <laughs> I you know, Tony Moran said that he was approached by Bloomhouse for a cameo in the 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 new that what Halloween kills or whatever it is. They uh, they supposedly he they approached him to use it, but they only wanted his cameo of his Clippet from the movie, which I thought was kind of really ridiculous. Because to a horror fan that doesn't know anything about like film stuff, you go, it would almost make sense. You would go, yeah, he's going to be in the film, so yeah, I guess they would contact him and say, yeah, let's let's, let's you know let's let's have a cameo by you. We're going to you know. But in reality, is he don't own that fucking footage from Halloween, dude. He signed off on that the day he shot it, and he and that's that. He hasn't owned it since before he even shot it. So the fact that, that, that Blumhouse would come to him and say, Hey, Tony, we want to pay you, or we want to give you a special thanks to put you fucking, to use a clip of you from the original Halloween movie is fucking ridiculous. Know what I mean? They, they already yeah. own the, the fact that they fucking own the rights to Halloween and are making the fucking movie. They already own all that. You know what I mean? It's like it's like come on. Like when that when when they when they reach out to Carpenter and say, "Hey, we're making a new movie," it's just to like get his blessing. You know, he, he it's not like there. If he says "fuck you," like he pretty much told Rob Zombie "fuck you," but like he don't own the movie. What are you gonna do about it? You know what I mean? It's a weird thing. I thought that was real funny when he tried to take that stance of House. and it was just him trying to pump up the fucking the legacy of Tony Moran. You know what I mean? It's obvious that he's doing that, um, which is unfortunate that I see, yeah he feels he has to do that. You know, he should just go to cons, appreciate being be a good dude. You can be a good dude and still have dark humor. I feel we do we do stuff like that at the, at the treatment. We try to be good folks, but to keep our humor dark, you know what I mean. Um, so he could fucking be dark and be a good guy and like keep everybody happy. I feel, but for whatever reason, uh, maybe it's a personal issue. He feels he needs to be, you know, I don't know. It's almost bully-like, but I hate to use that term. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I, I definitely hate using that term if it's not warranted. Um, and he's really at the end of the day not really bullying. He's just kind of poking fun at his peers that that have done films with him, where, you know. And he's poking fun at the audience, which is very delicate thing to do. You really, I don't think he knows how to control the room. Let's just say that to be to put it in stand-up terms. I don't think he can. I don't think he's mastered crowd work, but he's trying to do it heavily, and I think he's failing at it.
2: And exactly I think after that,
1: I think he's bombing on stage. We'll say, and um, I think at this point he's left the stage. He was asked to come back onto the stage, and he didn't come back with not coming to the new con. And it's quite possible uh, we're not going to see him. You're not going to see Tony Moran for a while, unless you see him on the show. You won't see him for a while. That's a threat. (laughs) um, But I feel like you won't see McCann's for a little bit. He'll try and let this blow over, and he might never come back. That might just be it. So if anybody out there paid for that Tony Moran autograph, and realistically, if you wanted to do a solid to the people that paid for his autograph, make it a rare autograph and never sign an autograph again, especially if you hate doing it so much. So there it is. What a world. But if you have that, Tony retire, <laughs> and if you have that autograph, now it's worth money. Now it actually has value to it because Mister Moran will no longer be signing Michael Myers autographs. He'll be doing weddings though, so give him a shout. Hit him up on the Facebook. He'll do a nice. He sees he'll do a cameo. Michael Myers will wish you. Will sing you happy birthday on cameo
2: for five hundred dollars. Really. No, not
1: yet. <laughs> not yet. I don't think Cameo is, <laughs> Cameo would accept him. I think that they would. He he would be. Maybe that's why he's really angry. Cameo won't accept him. But no, you know, so. know, I'm
2: curious. I'm curious to see how this is going to play out, and you know, if he actually does come forward and you know speaks his on, on his behalf in regards to it. Sure. Yeah, you know, and then go from there.
0: Tony Moran is actually on cameo, is he? How much? Yes, well, $50. I, I,
2: I... So he gets what he gets at a
0: convention, pretty much.
1: Maybe we should have got a we'll get a cameo video for the show, we'll get his response to the cameo video. Yeah, we'll right. say, Hey. We'll give you fifty bucks. Watch the episode, and then give us a nice, uh, like, five-minute response. What if he beefed with you, Tony?
0: Ah, uh, just, just not any beef with him. Just maybe bad day. How do you I'd feel?
1: Say. How do you feel about beef? Would you ever? Would you ever get into a beef with a celebrity if they talk some shit or something? If Tony Moran came back and said, "You know, fuck Tony." Fuck Tony Thurber, dude. Anthony Thurber. Who the fuck do you think he is? What would you say? Would you would you go on your show and respond to that? or No. Why? That would no, be, be great ratings. I better. would
0: not do that because I'm not going to waste my time uh, having someone like him bring me down.
1: You are a respectable dude. You are the best man that ever walked the earth. You are like the reincarnation of Mr. fucking Well, no, if,
0: if I heard, if I find someone, uh, like he said, something derogatory...
1: Like, this video,
0: yes. I might go on my show with it.
1: If you didn't, I'd defend you. Hell yeah. Because
0: uh, that video, I think, really had some derogatory things. And that's why I'm pretty much angry with the video, with them. Sure.
1: You know, we have a responsibility as hosts of podcasts, you know, you know, our, you know to defend our audience. You know, people that we know that would like Tony Moran and his work that he might be, he might give hard times to, you know, it's not, it's not cool. We got to speak for those people that can speak Tony. Right. Right. That's why we rise up. We rise to the occasion. We rise to the call. Like the ghostbusters, all all female casted film. We answer the call.
0: Still have not seen that. You're missing out. Oh, you're
1: missing out. It's like citizen Kane, dude. It's like Citizen. I wait Jane. for Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's like Citizen Jane, baby. Uh, go, female Ghostbusters changed my life. I my actually, life was my life. Huh? My <laughs> life was going in a real bad direction, guys. And then I, I re-
2: actually liked that movie for what it is. No, you know, it, liked, was, it was fun.
1: It did. It did. It did an incredible thing. It made me like Chris Hemsworth. I never thought I'd ever say that.
2: Yeah, because you get to see a different side of him, you know, you get to see the comedic side of him, because I didn't think he was that funny. And between his role in that and and the role he had in um, in Vacation with um, Jason Sudeikis and um, it Christina Applegate,
1: yeah,
2: you know, he was actually really funny. So, you know, other than you know, to see him playing something other than Thor or you know, in one of those little teeny bopper like heart grab type. Setting films, you know, it was kind of a nice, refreshing way to see him in a role, you know. The fucking stupid stupid ass hottie that, you know, works in the office.
1: What, Jason Momoa? He's got beef. Jason Momoa's got beef with Tony Thurb.
0: No, he does not have beef with me.
1: (laughs) I think Ghostface Kill, the rapper, should create an alias called Tony (laughs) Thurb's. <laughs> that would be the shit. I'd buy that record. Um, the woo.
2: Yeah, I oh, think yeah. I think I think we've kind of
1: we're wooed out. All right. So, anybody want to say anything in closing on um, the Tony Moran incident?
2: I in closing, I I'm just gonna wait and see how it plays out before I really form an opinion because yeah. I, I I can't go based off of that one video, and the fact that I actually have met the man before and didn't have an issue, so you know, you can't just go by a disgruntled
0: fan video.
1: I hear you. I agree. Tone, what do you think?
0: I want to hear his side of the story, but I'm kind of very disappointed with the language that was used in that video. I hear you.
1: I'm with you, yeah, I agree with you guys. It's a like I said when I met him, I had a good experience with him. I think it's a matter of somebody just um kind of pushing that shock and awe, which I can appreciate and understand that situation doing the show um but I think that he just went a little maybe a little too far with it, whether he feels his way or doesn't feel that way, you know, if he was just being a heel to for the sake of being a heel, you know what I mean, um, but yeah, it definitely. That doc, docy thing didn't really do him no justice because it is him saying it. And uh, who's to know why he's saying it? But yeah, it'd be cool to have him on the show and um, talk about the
2: it. For case though. scenario. I'll try again.
1: Yeah, we'll try again. We'll see. Maybe we'll do a follow-up. But we can get him, we'll have a follow-up. We'll have Tony come back. We'll call it Two Tonys, uh, Tale of Two Tonys. That's his, that will be the name of it. Tale. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, that episode will change the way everybody looks at fandom and horror celebrity. And I, by the end of it, we'll have emotional Tony Thurbs and emotional Tony Moran, you know, really connecting through the screen, through the Zoom. And uh, we're going to rebuild. Or fighting
0: our, with each other.
1: Or fighting <laughs> together, you know, we're going to rebuild the horror community from the ground up with these two gentlemen. We're going to make it strong again. We're going to make, make our community a community that both Tony Moran and Tony Thurbs over there can be proud of and not have to say that, you know, call the fans of it, you know, nerds and can appreciate uh, the culture, if you will. That's what we want. That's what we want to do here at Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, you know what I mean? So, well, with that being said... Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. If anybody wants to go out there and check out the video for themselves, just uh, check out Tony Moran Unmasked. Uh, type that into your YouTube console and watch it, and leave a comment, yo. Very curious what you guys think of this. Um, to each his own, um, of course. Uh, everybody's opinions different and we'd love to hear people's opinions on what they actually think of this. Is it somebody who actually hates all these 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 horror fans in the movie that he was a part of or is it somebody that uh, is trying to find his own little niche in the horror world, even if it is being the bad boy, the heel of horror? Uh, I, we all want to know what you guys think. And uh, with that being said, we'll catch you all on the next episode of shock treatment with Mel and Marty and Anthony Thurber.